0: County lines. We're catching up with a noted alumnus of Vinton County High School, and we wanted to say hi and catch up with Andrew Graham. Thank you for being here. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. Now, Andrew grew up in Vinton County. What village? Uh, MacArthur. MacArthur. So the capital. The capital <laughs> city. The city. <Dickson>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Andrew's in town in Columbus now on tour with... The Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon, brought to you by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So yes, I'm, the I'm writers curious. of South Park. Yeah. Did you ever get to interact with Trey Parker and Matt? Stone?
1: I did not. The, two, the The show's been out since 2010, and I just joined it this year. So, they have not. We're going to be playing Denver coming up in four weeks. So there's a possibility, since they're from there, that they might they might come out and see it. But um, as of now, I've not met them. But uh, Bobby Lopez was also one of the original writers on it, who also wrote uh, Avenue Q and wrote Frozen, the movie. So I do know him really well because he I worked with him a lot on, when I did Avenue Q I did that, that in New York for several years and I also did the tour and I also did it in Vegas so I have worked with him but not not uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker but yeah. I'm hoping to meet, I'm hoping to meet them for <laughs> sure
0: and big fans for people that don't know you've done Wicked Avenue Q uh, Book of Mormon these are big shows those are like
1: the three really big ones and then I've done lots of other smaller ones that you know have toured not quite as long and a couple you know regional shows
0: and. I guess I'm just wondering, like, how do you get from MacArthur to there? What were the steps?
1: I went to school for music. Um, you know, I always, I always played in the band. To be honest, when I was a junior in high school, I, I, or in, yeah, in high school, I had, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was, I, I was, you know, my mother was about to be a guidance counselor. Actually, she might have been a guidance counselor then. So, you know, she was sort of saying, you know, oh, we can, we can try all these options. We should weigh all these, all, you know, find out what you like to do. And she was doing, you know, what guidance counselors do and uh, I really wasn't sure. And, and I really thought my only option when I went into music was to teach and I didn't really want to teach. Not, not that there's anything wrong with teaching. I just didn't feel like that was the path for me. And I just really wasn't sure. And I was really close to going to OU. I really love the OU marching band was obsessed with the OU marching band when I was in, in high school. And, um, I really was going to possibly do that. And I actually had a really good friend, uh, Jeff Wyckoff, who was actually also from Benton County. Um, and I was close with him and he was sort of mentoring me. And he actually said to me, um, you know, hey, you know, you you can you could come to Columbus and I have some friends at Capitol. And I think that would be a really good fit for you. And you should check it out at least. And, you know, there's a lot more you can do with music than just uh, than just teach. So that kind of opened up my eyes to other possibilities, what I could do with the degree in music. So, you know, that that was sort of the first time I kind of had a light bulb moment of going, Oh, you know, let me look into this. And and so then I started exploring capital and it seemed like a good fit because it was a much smaller school. And I felt like coming from Vinton County, if I went to OU or Ohio state, I just thought, Oh, I'm going to get lost in that crowd because it's, it's a little overwhelming to come from a small school to something like 90,000. I think that's at OU or OSU, excuse me. And, uh, so, yeah, so that was the, uh, that was sort of the beginning of it. And, um, you know, and once I sort of got into capital, I, um, j- I mean, I just, I when I got there, I just realized I didn't know anything.
0: <laughs> what did you play in bands when you were? I was high a,
1: school? I was a drummer, drummer, and did was yeah. this under the
0: direction of Mr. Paul Hogue?
1: Yeah, probably, Paul Hogue did basically the three years I was in band, and, right. okay. and I also played football my first two years, but but then I just sort of slowly, um, you know. I realized that I football wasn't for me and I slowly got out of that. And so the first two years I just played in concert band and then the last two years I was in marching band. So, I mean, that's one of the great things about being, I feel like being in a small town, like you can kind of do everything. And I just feel like my friends that that grew up in bigger cities, they, they kind of had to like choose. There just wasn't enough right. time or the time commitment was greater. And I mean I did, you know, I played basketball, I, I was in marching band, I ran track all
0: four years in high school I was in the jazz band, I was in the choir, I was in, I kind of did everything. Right, and that's what I've always thought was amazing, is that our programs especially, they're not particularly well-funded, but they're all-inclusive. Any, all-inclusive. Anyone that wants to be in the play is allowed to be in Absolutely. the play. Absolutely. Anyone it's that wants to be a marching a... band will get you a triangle, we'll find something. Yeah, you exactly. know, like, anybody can do it. I want to get back <laughs> on the career path. So you study... Just music or I studied pianos, piano, music?
1: I studied piano uh, uh um, you know i took um I had a great piano teacher when I was younger. I mean basically she was a little old lady that lived down at the end of the street uh, but she lived in Wellston, and I went to her every week um uh, and I kind of started piano late I started in um seriously like around sixth grade, which is pretty late for like really serious. Uh, at least for like concert pianists, right. they start out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, uh, but but yeah. So I started there, and then uh, my uh, s- I think junior or senior year in high school, I uh, started taking for somebody at OU, and to kind of get ready for college because I thought, you know, this is what I wanted to do. Um, but I had a funny moment because he also knew I was a percussionist, and when I was preparing for auditions, he just assumed I was going to be a percussion major, oh. and I, I had that moment where he was like, oh you're gonna you're gonna major in piano like yeah. and it was that like oh, oh shit yeah am we're I, already like, in this like <laughs> am I not good enough to be a piano major it was a very funny moment that was sort of the beginning of like okay I don't know as much as I think I know <laughs> so but I've always you know I've always felt like you know one of my biggest aspects of or what you know one of the things that's gotten me ahead as I've always sort of jumped in over my head and I've never been afraid to just jump in over my head and pretend like I know what I'm
0: doing, and eventually I figure it out. <laughs> so Andrew Graham endorses the fake-it-till-you-make-it method. Absolutely. I'm a big I'm a big fan of that method. What does it take to become a working musician even after college? Because that's not an easy transition. Alone. Oh, so man, I know. From so village many. to college. I feel like so many kids don't have a direct path forward or an example to follow. Well, um, you know well that's that's a that's a tough question because
1: there's so many people that just try to get into this field and they just burn out it's i mean it's persistence it's um being happy with your life uh not waiting sort of um for that moment to happen where you're gonna make it like i think being happy with struggling is a big deal because i always say that to actors because they'll get to New York and they kind of put their whole life on hold while they're auditioning, and they're you know, and that could go on for years before they even land something that's even halfway decent. And um, you kind of just have to be happy struggling being an artist. And if you can kind of survive in that world, eventually something will happen. But if you're not happy and you're kind of waiting for that day to arrive, you're gonna just you're gonna quit. Yeah, I mean that's really my best advice because that, I just see that all the time. People are like, Oh, this is not, and also I knew I didn't want a normal life. So I think if you go into, if you go into the arts and you think, Oh, I want you know, someday I want a, a really normal life and I want a house with a fence and it, people have that people, you can have yeah. that, but like that, you don't go into that thinking you're going to get that out of this yeah. career. It's, it's just not, not exactly not, a direct path. into. No, the I mean, I've line. been on the road so many times living out of a suitcase and, I'm happy as a clam, but, yeah. <laughs> like, but like, this is not for everybody, you know, it's just not a normal life. But, um, yeah, I would, you know, I would say, you know, I always still used to tell people like you have to wake up and if it's the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about when you go to bed, that's, you know, maybe this is what you want to do for a career, you know, or, and not just, not just what I do, but just sort of anything in the arts. That's, um, you know, not a typical, uh, not a typical career path. And it, and it's not really laid out in that, um, you know, the other thing I was saying, it's not the tra- trajectory of, of this career is not always like a business career where it's, you know, you're just constantly going up. No, you might do a, a job that's really great and then you go back down and you do a job that pays like a third of what that one pays. And then you go up and you do another great job and then you go back down. So it's not a, it's also not a typical career path in that way, but.
0: Right, and so, is there any part of growing up in a small town or specifically growing up in, like, the Appalachian part of Ohio that you feel influenced you in some way or prepared you for the job? Maybe the struggle specifically, uh, the str- you know?
1: Well, the struggle, the – um I mean, I was always, like, a ma- – I was a huge daydreamer when I was a kid. I mean, I would get on my report card, like, a- Andy was caught staring out the window, like, <laughs> 10 minutes. like – I mean, I was just, like – um. Yeah. I was just like a big dreamer. So I like just couldn't, and I always, and I loved, I loved the city. You know, when I was younger, my parents took me to New York when I was, I think in sixth grade the first time I went, we used to go to Cincinnati to see the opera and the symphony down in Cincinnati. So my parents were really good at sort of taking me uh, out of, uh, you know, Vinton County and, and exposing me to a lot of culture. Um, but also, you know, I think just growing up there, um, I think the ability to you know to do all that in high school to to you know to be in the band and to be in the in the choir and to be play football and all that i think also think that was a huge influence i actually think sports was a huge influence on me to be honest i don't really care about sports at all now <laughs> right i don't follow sports at all i mean i'll go see a baseball game if we're in a really cool city that has a nice stadium but um but honestly you know that that sort of helped me a lot of what i do is sort of like I manage people, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm in charge of the band. I'm in charge of the, you know, the entire ensemble, everybody on stage. And so that, that helped, helped me in that way. But I also just think, you know, coming from a small town, I just was, I just sort of had all these like huge dreams of like getting out and, you know, that's such a yeah. cliche. I, it's cliche, but, but it, was- let me tell you, I've met so many people that, that, that go into acting or go into the arts that are from very similar backgrounds. I mean, it's like the moment, that momentum of sort of lifting yourself out of, you know, into, you know, a different place. It, it's a, that's a huge motivator. And that was a, um, that was a huge motivator for me. And I, and it's nothing against, like, I lo- absolutely love that area. I just knew, you know, when I was younger that I, that what I was going to do, I could never do it there, you know, but right. And I will say this when I got o- as I've gotten older, um, my birthday's on Monday, as I've gotten older, I, uh, I, I I go, Whenever time I go back there, I appreciate it even more. I'm just like, this was a really unbelievable place to grow up. You know, I, I, I wouldn't take that. I mean, I honestly think if I didn't grow up there, I don't think I would be where I am today. And I'm not sure, not sure how I can put that in words, but I just think there's something about that area and something about, you know, just the it just had the right ingredients to sort of push me to where I was, and also just you know I had great teachers. I had gr- you know I had an amazing English teacher, Miss Oney, uh, that uh, she was just very influential, and um, yeah, and just you know it was just uh was just and, I, and great parents. You know, I had great support, which is also really important. When I said I was going to go into music, and yeah, just they right didn't for you. they didn't say you know like they did they wouldn't worry even though you know they helped. Me college. So, but they were always supportive and just knew that someday something would come forth and
0: yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, y- and currently you live in Nantucket, right? Yeah. I live so on Nantucket, you, which you is you like a um, county to become the man from, <laughs> I
1: know I'm the man from Nantucket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they sell t-shirts to say that.
1: <laughs> nice. I'm the man from Nantucket. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I lived in Manhattan for 15 years. Uh, I, I mean, after, after I went to school at Capitol, I mean, sort of the, 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 how I got there is, after I went to school in, in Capitol, I had a voice teacher at Capitol, um, William Florescu. I don't think he's there anymore, but uh, he, and he had studied in London at this school called Trinity College of Music, and, he, and I didn't know what I was going to do. At that time, I didn't know about, I really wasn't into theater. Capitol didn't have like a strong musical theater program. And I, I had, still had no idea what I was gonna do. And one of my degrees was in teaching piano, was in piano pedagogy. <clears throat> that was my safety net degree. I, yeah. call it. I, mean, one, I had a degree in performance and a degree in piano pedagogy. And at the time when I graduated, no idea what I was going to do. Um, he said, you know, you should go to London for a year and just hang out. So I took out a loan, student loan for London. I. This was when the internet, like, this is how old I am. But the internet literally was just around. Just getting going. And I found a roommate through the internet to live with in London. And, it, and I sent them, like... 3,000 pounds like it was so much money oh wow and I just sent it over was it a good night and, and I and I arrived at the airport and they were waiting on me I yeah. mean this is what I'm talking about like I just sort of like most people would go no way that's way too weird not gonna do yeah. that that's too scary but I was just young and naive and optimistic and I think I also got my optimism from from growing up in a small town but I just said you know this is gonna work it's gonna work out it's gonna be great and I showed up, and there they were. And I, uh, yeah, I lived with these three people that these three uh, British, th- these three people from England, and um, lived there for a year. Studied music again, and and kind of in London is where I sort of fell in love with theater. I mean, I went and saw theater when I was growing up, but in London is where I could kind of go all the time. And um, and I lived right in the heart of London, and that was sort of my first experience. Did you go through a Shakespeare phase? Not really. Did you go through? Okay. It? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not quite that actor but, uh, but I, you know, I but the saw the temptation some, was yeah, there. Yeah. It yeah. was cool. Well, they, they just sort of built the new, um, you know, they had the, the new theater down by the river that was a replica of the old globe, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. Wow um yeah so th- that was sort of my experience of living in like a real big city you know columbus was a from macarthur columbus was just a huge step up I and mean, when i was a kid coming to columbus it was like
0: looking at right. the skyscrapers i thought it was the biggest city my dad in the world and i had literally thought that the skyscrapers were houses like as a <laughs> child like, i had this disconnect and he's like what is he talking yeah about? i think
1: I and mean, like i think the big cities just always had that draw for me coming to columbus as a kid i just was like there was something so magical about it um you know, probably the same thing when people that grow up, I mean, I have people that grow up in Manhattan that they come to the country and they just think it's like un- so cool. Yeah, and like, like different it's, worlds. And they're art. terrified of the woods, too. Yeah, That's the funniest <laughs> thing. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like whenever I go into the woods, I go back to being a kid and I'm like, immediately. It's I'm like, like a oh, playground. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then like the oh, exposure and to like, it is from slasher films. From slasher films. <laughs> like, oh, God. They're like, it's so scary. I'm like. Okay, a crazy hillbilly's not going to run out and kill you, I
0: promise. <laughs> the banjo start playing. And... Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, yeah, so then I was in London. I was in London for a year, and then I uh, decided to move to New York. Um, and I moved to New York, and I got a job working at Bloomingdale's because I worked at Lazarus when I lived in Columbus. So I had a little bit of experience in retail. And then from that, I worked that for like seven, seven months. <clears throat> and then I got a call from a friend. Um, they were looking for a music assistant music director in Galveston, Texas for an outdoor theater, like summer theater. And um, I kind of jumped at the, at the chance. It was more money than, than Bloomingdale's. And, um, and then I haven't, had a, I haven't had a non-music job since then. And that was wow. 1999.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a long time ago. 19, 20 years of music. You're coming up on so 20 I've been years. So I've been
1: supporting myself uh, with nothing but music for 20 years. So that's been a really, really cool... You know, I'm kind of gotten used to it now. It's just what I do when I write occupation. I write musician. Used to, I used to giggle every time I do that because it just seems so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's been coming up on 20 years, and there's been there's been good years. there has been bad years. There's been you know, it's it, it hasn't all been wicked in Book of Mormon years. But um, yeah. yeah, but it's it's That's a awesome. it's a really cool way to make a make a living. I have a tough question.
0: Yeah. Do you see any way forward for? Giving like your ex- your ex- life experience, of going at this for twenty years, yeah. and just building it all up and knowing what growing up in areas, rural areas, especially Benton County, do you see a path forward to develop a sort of infrastructure to foster arts more? I guess yeah, no, I more, I know what fe- you're more efficiently prepare I, people for that I do. lifestyle. You know, I think I think with the internet, and
1: I really wish I had the internet when I was growing up because I remember trying to figure out how to do exactly what I did and i would even ask professors at my college and they're like there's a small group of people that do it in new york like we don't there's no career path to that we don't know how you even get into that but now with the internet i have people i have people email me out of the blue from all over the world now asking me questions about what i do and how do i get into this and you know if i would have had that sort of you know i just think it's a lot easier now and i'll even coach people over skype like singing and um like, the whole world has just opened up now. So I think, you know, uh, even on, on Nantucket, I, I worked at a music school a couple summers ago. And they would do a program where they would, uh, where they, they they set up a, like a Skype studio with a camera. And, and they're able to kind of teach people from all over the world, you know, that want to take lessons from them and everything from
0: harp to piano to... I heard Carol Kay. The base legend of oh. of years old is doing Skype lessons. Yeah,
1: now. I mean it's actually a, a real thing, and it actually works. It's actually um, it works better than you think. I actually and I've taken some online classes at Berkeley College of Music uh, for myself, and um, and they were they worked really well. I mean I was really impressed with them. So I I do think there are opportunities there uh, with the internet. To it opens up a whole new world for people, and um, I mean you're one email away from basically reaching out to anyone yeah i mean that's the crazy thing about the world now before the people were so hard to find you know you had to go through agents and now you can tweet at them and get them on facebook and all that so well,
0: let me check here we've got musical history what was your favorite band growing up <laughs> i was really into like i
1: i kind of lived a little bit through my brother who was seven years older than me so i i was like i was really into rock and roll i mean i hate I'm literally not ashamed to say this, but I like loved Guns N' Roses when I was growing up. Duh! <laughs> I uh, I went and saw them in concert in
0: like '92, and and I went. Uh, have you ever been able to successfully karaoke "Welcome to the Jungle"? <laughs> I'm not
1: a. i am not I feel like the "shunna na yeah.
0: part, like it's pretty
1: awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, but but I and I still love I still love that kind of music. I loved ACDC. I loved. Um, I mean, that was kind of the music that I listened to, you know? I loved, like, like straight ahead rock and roll, and, and, you know, as I got in college, I got into more, like, singer-songwriters, and I always loved, like, Elton John and Billy Joel. I liked Elton John better than Billy Joel, but, um, but like, old Elton John, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I that's kind of the music I listened to, because that was kind of what people around me listened to, you know? Right. I, and I didn't like country at all, because I, I was a, you know, I came from... You know, you either loved country or you hated it when you grew up in a you know place like Vinton County, and I hated it. You know, I, I'm like, ah, oh, it's not me. But then as I got older, I absolutely love it. I mean, right. I love country. I love old country too. I mean, I you know spent a lot of time in Nashville touring around, and I, I country is, I, I love it. I think it's a great. There's so much great music there. Great musicianship too. Almost better than pop music. But, yeah, I mean, but you know, every I, I feel like I had a piano teacher tell me once, the more you love music, the more music you love, and I think that's true. You know, I think I, I, I love everything. You know, I love almost every genre of music.
0: So, what year did you graduate high school in Virginia? Uh, nineteen ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. And how have you seen the political climate change or, um. Are there elements of the Appalachian culture that you've seen improved? Is there something that still concerns you there? Do you think? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, I think politically the climate's changed a lot. I mean, it used to be that, um, you know, I feel like it used to be a lot more working class used to be a lot more Democrat, and and that sort of somehow switched. But I mean, not to get too political, but like the Republican Party has now taken on people that that the democrat party used to serve i right. think and now it's not being served and um in a socialistic way but um but yeah i think i think it's changed a lot i mean obviously i've now i've now lived outside of ohio longer than i've ever lived in ohio which is a weird feeling Oh wow. um so it's definitely politically i think uh you know the the state's changed a lot it's still the state that decides most elections you know i used to vote in ohio forever even when i lived in new york i kept an address here um just because i thought my vote would count a lot more right that's so interesting um but you know politically i'm 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 actually and i think this is because where i grew up i am i am i mean i'm left-leaning big big surprise there that's but but my but, but on I, show uh, as well <laughs> We have but, another
0: guy that comes on here. And he's a bit more of a finance-oriented gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but I will say, you know, I
1: I am um, I'm pretty in the middle on a lot of things, and I'm really open to listen to people that I that I don't agree with, and that don't agree with me. I'm not a hot-headed liberal. I'm not a you know. I don't preach a lot. I don't really talk politics a lot. Um, you know, well, uh, with this show, I'm you married a, you, to a man, so yeah. you know well, that obviously, a, a, you know that affects how you. I feel like how you vote greatly. Right. Um,
0: when did you meet your husband? Uh, actually, met I've in that in, ring. In, uh, in, uh, Bam! <laughs> 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 we met in uh,
1: 1999 in Galveston, Texas. Actually, so it was my first um, professional job as a music director. So we've been together for 18 years now. So a very long time. And then we got married in in New York in 2011 when it became legal. So we so we got married basically the month it became legal. And so that's fantastic. Um, and it has been like that.
0: Was how long have you known that you were gay when you were younger? Oh, or? even
1: I mean, growing up. I mean, gr- I mean, it's one of those things that we're in hindsight you realize, oh wow, that's what that was. That's what that feeling was. But I think you know you don't really know when you're younger. But as you get older, you go, oh, that explains why I felt so different and why you know, like, it. Yeah, I, everyone I've talked to, they have that ex- same experience. They're like, oh, yeah. And some people just know. And I think it's, I think kids now can, you know, there, there's so many, so many more resources that, um, you know, that they go, oh, I'm not alone. I'm like, you know, that's, I get it now.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you're like a shining example to kids all over the nation that if you're a, a young <laughs> gay child that wants to play piano and you live out in the middle of nowhere, you can still do it. Like,
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You- absolutely. You know, um, I mean, and that's, that's another, you know, I, that, and I think that was another motivating factor of, of me wanting to leave. Not because, you know, I wasn't treated. I was never, I, to be honest, I was never treated bad there as a kid. You know, I don't. Um, I didn't have that crazy, some people I've met that are my age that, that had a really bad experience in high school. And I had a great experience. I had I a great childhood. Um, you know, I had never, there was never felt like homophobia when I was growing up. I never felt ostracized and never felt, you know, um, bullied. And, uh, I think, you know, and, I, and as I got older, you know, I've met other people that have had that experience and, um. But I do think that I, one of the motivating factors of wanting to leave was I wanted to be around people like me, you know, that was, I wanted to be around people that, that not just, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to be around people that had the same interests as me and I really felt like I didn't have that when I was in high school and I, I started to get into theater and classical music and, you know, I couldn't find anyone growing up that,
0: that shared those same interests, so. Have you ever been in a personal band? Like, have you have you ever shot after like the rock band?
1: Not really. I mean, I've always sort of wanted to do that when I was younger. Um, you know, I've always had an interest in that. I've always been, you know, it's interesting because I'm. I, what I do is sort of behind the scenes. I mean, you see the back of my head if you see the show, and it's been a really really good fit because I've never been like. I'm a little. I'm a. I'm like a lot of an introvert. Like I'm. I'm. I. I the idea of being in front of people and like performing is a little terrifying to me, even now, if you can even believe that. Uh, I've never really been like a performer per se, but like doing this, it's, it's like performing, but you're also supporting what's going on on stage and you're kind of behind the scenes. And it's like a perfect fit because I absolutely love it. But, you know, like you mentioned karaoke before, and I think I've done karaoke like I'm one just, time. I'll-
0: Yeah, wow. I I mean, mean, some people love it. I know. And I, you know, and
1: I, but don't get me wrong, I sing in my car like the top of my lungs and and in my shower. (laughs)
0: Do you think you would be one of the dueling pianos, pianists if that was like,
1: I, you know, it's funny. And I'm also, I I have so much respect for people that do that. And it's such a different skill set than what I do. Um, I mean, there's people, they have like 20,000 songs in their head. They can just play at any time. And I'm just not that. I'm not of that musician. I'm more of like, if I know what the project is, I dive into it, and I and I'm, I have a little bit of an obsessive personality, so I get really obsessed with whatever I'm doing, and and it's just about that. Whereas those guys are like, hey, you want to hear a song? Let's, you know, and it, and it kind of, I'm just, I my brain doesn't think that way, and I'm not that kind of an entertainer in that way. I mean, I I feel yeah. like those people are more entertainers. I don't consider myself an entertainer. I consider myself like a music director for. You know,
0: for big productions, for big productions. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and, you know,
1: that there's a lot, you know. And the other thing, you know, we were talking about other skill sets that, you know, you'd be surprised. And, you know, I always talk to my dad about this, but just finding someone that can do the job, but also shows up on time. Right. And then has a strong work ethic. And I didn't mention work ethic, but honestly, if you have a strong work ethic and you show up on time, you don't even you can be medium talented and still make it. And that eliminates ninety percent of people, especially. I mean, not to like harp on about millennials, but 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 I do feel like but I do feel like you know there is a little bit of. Not with everybody, but there is a work ethic that is not as strong as when I felt like when I was younger, and I probably every old person (laughs) says that (laughs) you can do anything you want. You know, if you work hard enough at it, it will happen. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen, you know, even in a year, it's not going to happen. But, but if you work really hard and that's part of, you know, the instant gratification that we all get, and I suffer from that too, but you do want everything to happen immediately. And it's just like, I mean, my, I worked for five years before anything really exciting happened. Yeah. I mean, I was touring, but like really small tours. And at the time they were amazing, but you know, now I wouldn't touch doing that because it was like way, it was like crazy on a bus and, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you just I've, – I've digressed from your original question, but I do think, you know, just having a really strong work ethic is really important. Cool. And just showing up on time and, uh, and, and just – and then having a lot of passion. And then, you know, you can – there are people way more talented than me not doing this. And I can – say that with authority. I mean, I know that for a fact.
0: (laughs) I am the leading authority on my (laughs) lack of talent. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And you know, I'm a lifetime learner too. I'm always constantly trying to better myself, which I think that's another great, um, you know, aspect to, you know, when you think I love, I didn't love school when I was in it, but as I got older, I did, you know, I found out the things I really, really liked. I wanted to learn about, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to learn more about. So I've always been a big fan of lifetime learning and that mixed with strong work
0: ethic and a lot of passion and you can do anything i mean okay, okay. all right so andrew yeah uh, what are some of your favorite memories being on tour um auditions things of that nature what, what um what
1: sticks oh, out there's so you? many but yeah. I,
0: I was on tour with wicked from 2012 to 2015
1: um we played oh so many cities but we sat down a lot longer on that show so we, like for example we were in columbus for three weeks we were in uh, Hawaii for nine weeks. Wow. That was amazing. I had I bought a bike there, a bicycle, <laughs> and I just would bike along the beach going to the theater. I mean, it was, like, amazing. Um, uh, we were in uh, we were in L.A. for three months. That was really cool, and I rented it. A lot of times, we'll, if we know we're never going to be somewhere a long time, we'll rent Air, Airbnbs because it's just better than the idea of staying in a hotel. Right. Because they give us a per diem, and then we can kind of do whatever we want with that per diem. Uh, But, you know, funny things, um, there's always stuff that happens on stage that's really interesting and funny, and, you know, in Wicked, there was a, um, there was a, you know, she flies at the end of Act One, and it's, like, it's one of the best parts of the entire show, and honestly, as a conductor, it was, it was, like, goosebumps for the first three months every time I would conduct that. Cause she's like above you and the lights are in your
0: eyes and you're just like, what is happening? What is my life? This is like crazy. Well, you are playing keys and conducting tonight. So for tonight, yeah. For tonight I play piano. Like a one hand stick, one hand piano. For the most most
1: part, um, for the most part, that's what because of budgets and the way they reduce orchestras and that for the most part, that's 80% of probably my, maybe 90% of my music directing gigs have been playing and conducting. Um, Avenue Q is that. Um, there's been a lot of shows where I've, where I've done that. So I'm used to that, and there's a whole other... I mean, I could teach a class about that. It's all, like, with head nodding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's mostly... Um, mostly that and stick conducting is a whole other you know a whole other technique that, that that you know it's it's a it's one of those weird careers that people go you know I don't understand why do you even need a conductor like what's that person doing yeah. and and this is another thing about jumping in over your head when I my first tour where I stick conducted was music band which is back in 2001 and the uh, when the producer was calling me and sort of feeling me out for the job I'd worked with him before but he's like hey have you ever stick conducted because this is just a stick conducting job and I was like Oh yeah, I've done that tons. Yeah, absolutely. I've never. once. I spent the entire Fake summer till you make it Andrew sp- Grant. And I spent the entire summer on the Ohio River with my on my parents' boat <laughs> like reading a conducting book <laughs> and conducting.
0: That's fantastic i hope nobody sees this (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah i mean and and, you know and i
1: was like how hard can it be you're just like waving a stick so you know but there is a there's a whole technique to that and um and 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 the great thing about doing a show the same show eight times a week we do our shows eight times a week is that you can try out different techniques and new things and you have to do things to keep the show fresh because you can't get bored with it and you know you have audiences seeing it for the first time even though you're playing it for the you know avenue q i did 2400 times i conducted oh my show. god <laughs> that's um, a lot of puppets it's it's se- i did that for seven years so seven I did years the, uh, of
0: puppets and music it just
1: yeah i mean off and on uh, uh, but uh but you know there's always there's always um you know i'm trying to think of other other funny moments we we i mean there's just everything like there was a moment where alphabet didn't fly and, you know and people you know people pay so much money to have see you ever been show. spotted out
0: for your accent do you have an accent? Oh, yes. yeah.
1: So when I first moved to New York, I didn't think I had an accent. Neither did all. I. And I was working with this guy, and he was like, where are you from, boy? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I, I, have, I don't have an accent. Do I have an accent? Oh, my God. Um, I think when I lived in London, I used to have a huge accent. Oh, my gosh. I had a big accent when I moved to Columbus. Um, I would say things like, collar was the same as like my favorite collar is purple yeah, yeah. there's like color we've done the whole my thing favorite though. color cloth it, my, and my, f- <laughs> my favorite color is purple but at the time it was like my favorite color
0: is collar is co- color 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 oh, yeah. i would just yeah. say collar I, I was like i thought that's what it was
1: so yeah, and and that was just a series of meeting people and then making fun of me, and then I would be like, "Oh shit, I can't like yeah. I can't say that anymore at <laughs> like But I, I I find it really amusing. But yeah, I I definitely had a big a big accent, and there's still funny little things I say every once in a while that um yeah just little colloquialisms from growing up there, and and
0: uh, yeah. All right, so Andrew Graham. Man from Nantucket, <laughs> man from Benton County. Composer. Yeah, I don't really
1: consider myself from Nantucket.
0: This is a that's a that is a, a place where I happen to hang my hat now. He's a pianist in Nantucket. <laughs> and uh, any closing advice for anyone growing, coming up that wants to get involved with music or theater or the arts in general? Um, what is something uh, you would say to yourself if you're staring? at an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old that's just finishing college?
1: I, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to people, you know, and get advice. Don't don't um, have courage to, you know, to just call people on the phone, email them. You know, uh, I have people all the time that will ask me to come and sit in, you know, sit in the pit. And I say absolutely. I love encouraging young people, and I'll have them come, and they'll sit and watch – if they, if they play trumpet, they'll sit by the trumpet player and watch the trumpet book, and um, I just think, and figuring out, like, you know, then you know, this is, I'm really interested in this, this is something I want to do. I, I say, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to people, to get involved. If you do theater, get involved in community theater. Um, I mean, when I was growing up, there wasn't really community theater in, you know, where we grew up, but a lot of cities will have community theaters. Um, you know, get involved, don't be afraid to reach out to people, um, and don't be afraid to, you know, take risk and if, if you think, oh, you know, I come from this small town. I'm, I'm not good enough to do that. That is... Uh, that's it's bullshit. It is absolutely bullshit. Yeah. Because you can do anything. I mean, in this world. I mean, you really ju- you can. You just put your mind to it. If you have enough passion and, and hard work, and, and you can do anything. I mean, it's absolutely true. Cool. And and, and don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen overnight. You know, like we said earlier, it's keep at it, and doors will open up. And as soon as that small... You know, opening happens. The opening just gets bigger and bigger, and, and it gets easier. Right. Cool. It's hardest is when you're starting yeah. off, and then once you kind of start to make it, it, it gets much easier. So that's
0: well, yeah. Andrew Graham, thank you so much for yeah, being here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. Cross County Lines, video conclusion, episode one. #hashtag Blow it up. <laughs>